2: The number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey gorgeous souls and welcome back to another one of my spiritual queens badass podcast episodes. So today I have the lovely Natalia Benson with us. So Natalia, if you don't know, is a spiritual business strategist, money mentor and astrologer living in Southern California. Natalia specializes in high level conscious business coaching, digital course creation and online monetization rooted in spiritual wellness offerings. She also has her own financial empowerment membership heart-led business school and host Natalia Benson the podcast which has just hit over 1 million downloads congratulations Natalia welcome to the show
1: thank you beauty I'm so honored to be here
2: Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. I am so excited because George Lizos, who has been a guest on this podcast as well, spoke so highly of you. And I've been a follower of your work for a while now, and I just love everything that you're about. And I'm so excited for us to up-level our money mindsets today and step into astrology and money, which I'm so excited to hear about. But before we dive into all All of your goodness, Natalia. A question that I love to ask every guest who comes on the podcast is, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story?
1: Oh my goodness. So I was 19 actually. And it's a, it's a bit of a deep story and it's a very long story. But the long and the short of it is I just realized that the traditional sort of ways I'd been told that I was meant to be living, uh, were not resonating with me anymore. And I really just had this moment of surrender before I was going to bed. And I was like, I don't believe in any of this. I don't know who I am. And I feel like in those moments of surrender, the divine, uh, our own soul, our own higher consciousness, it can wake up and show up for us. But when we're so deeply ingrained in the mind, which I was, there's no room for that magic. So my spiritual awakening took quite a while, I would say. But when it clicked on, I was about 19 years old. And that was just really when I began to redefine my identity, not based on external circumstances, but rather like something inside of me so much deeper than all the things I've been told that I was and who I was supposed to be. And um, yeah, it's been quite the journey since, and I'm so grateful for it.
2: Incredible. And do you I always find because as you can imagine, I've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast, I've heard all sorts of spiritual awakening stories. But do you feel it was more like a gradual awakening over a period of time? Or do you feel like there was a one instance or one event where you were like, wow, everything's changed forever?
1: Oh my God. I love that. For me, it was very gradual. Like I feel like there was this one instance when I was 19. Um, I actually had been dating someone who I randomly said to them, they were, they were actually a bit older than me, a little more mature. I was in college. They were like in their mid twenties. And I just remember saying like, Oh, you know, I'm like interested in meditation. And he ended up giving me a book called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh and I read the back cover of the book just a couple of weeks after I had said you know I don't believe in God I don't believe in this traditional idea of what I've been told um, throughout my upbringing that God or the divine is and I read the back cover of that book and if you've never read the back cover let alone if you've never read the book you've read the book Emma it's so magnificent.
2: I have it on my bookshelf but I must admit I've never read it
1: Well, you know what? I was actually in, let's see, I was in London when I had another really key experience of my spiritual awakening, which was from another book, called, and this was a couple of years later, called Many Lives, Many Masters by mm-hmm. Dr. Brian Weiss. So for me, as I said, it was very gradual, but there was that core moment when I was, I'd say I was about 19, um, about to turn 20, where I just started reading this book and it really, really like the, I'd never felt the truth before. I'd never known what the truth had felt like, um, in my life truly, which is kind of dramatic to say, but is it's true. And then when I read that book, like, one thing that stood out to me, I remember is like, you are not your past. Like your past has been there to help create who you are. And I had been someone who was always living and putting myself down because of who I was based on this externalized identity. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a beautiful process, but my, my early twenties, I feel like is really when I stepped into who I am as like a, spiritually led human being like it's just but it's been a process and it still is but now it's like oh this is me like we're here and I love it so much like it's such a gift to live with a relationship to your soul and to understand that you are a soul you have a soul Mm.
2: so so true I love that and how did we go from 19 year old just recently spiritual awakened Natalia then to badass money queen we see today what (laughs) happened
1: Oh my God, so many things and mostly things that were so hard because in my 20s, I really recognized that I, I heard this term um, on Instagram from Julietta Bodo. She called it financial trauma. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I had been, and again, this can sound pretty grave, but this was my experience, but I had experienced financial trauma from my upbringing and not because we didn't have anything. My family was actually very financially stable, but the scarcity and the fear, no matter how much we had, it just was always like the way Money was spoken about, and the way uh, money was interacted in terms of like me being a young person asking for money. I remember bouncing my first check when I was 16 because I just no one ever tells you this stuff. So I brought all of this financial fear into my 20s and. I had a business. I started, had my spiritual awakening at 19 and started a business basically at the exact same time. And throughout my 20s, I would just, keep my bank account like dangerously low because the truth was I was afraid of money. I was afraid of having it. I was afraid of not having it. It was just like a very tumultuous relationship. But when I turned about 27, 28, getting into the beginning of my Saturn return, I made a commitment to myself. I literally remember saying out loud, I was like, I'm going to teach myself to be a millionaire. And around the age of like, again, (laughs) I just turned 30 So, numbers and years are starting to blur together a little bit for me, which is funny. But I believe that I began reading this book called Secrets of a Millionaire Mind around the age of 28 or 29. So again, right in that Saturn return period. And when I started reading that book, I would set a a date for myself for 33 minutes every Tuesday, and I'd say you're going to read this book for 33 minutes, put your phone away and just read this book. And it took me a couple of years as is the theme with most things in my life. I'm like a gradual learner, but essentially what ended up happening is further into the book, even though it took me a while to read, I started to really understand that money required organization. I couldn't just free-for-all with my money anymore. I couldn't just play by my own rules with money because the truth is money has rules. It has very specific rules as well. And it wasn't until I actually went to this free three-day millionaire mindset uh, seminar that I learned this tool, money management, that I began to implement at the age of 31. And I changed everything. In addition to that, I did a lot of healing too. I was not only doing the financial management and organizing and having this respect for money that I'd never had, but in addition to that, I was also working on myself spiritually and healing and also grieving, like feeling the pain of the intense. Disassociation I'd had with my finances. So the long and the short of it really is it was definitely not an easy process, but it's been so worth it. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful for the work that I put in in those years. And it's such a privilege to teach what took me a long time to figure out. Mm.
2: and you know it's incredible how you've you know navigated this navigated your Saturn return it's interesting that that happened in your Saturn return as well really Mm. really interesting so a lot of people Natalia will have heard of astrology they'll be like yeah yeah I know all about astrology Emma I've listened to the podcast I've listened to the astrologers who have come on but I was really really intrigued because you mix money and astrology together. And I have never heard this. So I am so excited for you to explain to us how on earth this works. So, how can we manifest our financial dreams with astrology?
1: Oh my gosh, I love this so much. I mean, so, so just a little astrology 101 that I find super fascinating astrology and the natal chart specifically. So not your horoscope, that's like the planets of the hour, but your actual natal chart, which represents the place of the planets, the moment you were born. So the idea, and especially in esoteric astrology is that this natal chart is the blueprint of your soul. It's like, if you're going to build a house, you have a blueprint. Well, from the soul's perspective, if you're going to create a life and have growth and move the needle on your soul's evolution, you better have a plan. So human design is an example of this. Um, The I Ching, astrology, there's so many incredible systems throughout the ages and across cultures that have talked about the soul's intentionality with incarnating. So bringing that back to money. So I actually talked about this just the other week. Astrology is a very intelligent system and it is based on human life. Money is a part of human life as it stands at this moment. So the idea here if we want to understand well how can I create financial well-being? How can I manifest more money? Well, understand your blueprint because when you're activating your financial blueprint, as I like to call it from your natal charts perspective, you have a lot of magnetism and you have a lot of energy because again, you're not doing things according to how everyone else does it. You're not doing things according to this is how you should do it, this is how you're told, this is the only way, you're activating abundance and financial abundance based on who you are as a unique individual. So just to give you um, an idea of this, so your Venus placement is an amazing planetary placement to look at and actually see where you can activate abundance, magnetism, and receptivity being you. Your Jupiter placement shows this as well. This shows a gift in the chart. Your part of fortune shows this as well. And then something that I teach in my work that is really I think it's super interesting. So so do my women, but second house and the 10th house. So your second house traverse, as I like to call it, is again, activating that financial blueprint, embodying being just yourself. It has nothing to do with the planets. It only has to do with the zodiac sign that traverses that money house. And the same with the 10th house. That's your area of business. I don't know if some of your babes are entrepreneurial, but most of my community is. So that 10th house is also super fascinating to understand what zodiac sign or signs are traversing that 10th house and how can I activate my business blueprint, as I like to call it uniquely as me by embodying those qualities. So let's say what's your big three, Emma? Do you, do you know your big
2: three? I do. So I'm Virgo, Sun, Aries, Rising, Aquarius, Moon.
1: Oh, thank you. This is actually a little easier for me because you have that Aries ascendant. I'm assuming, and I use the Placidus house system, but I'm assuming, do you know your midheaven by chance?
2: not off the top of my head no <laughs> that's okay
1: i'm assuming if you are an aries ascendant then your midheaven would likely be capricorn it may be different depending on the degree of the ascendant but essentially what i would look at for you is let's say that your 10th house is capricorn traverse so for you emma to activate your business blueprint in your chart it's about embodying the qualities of capricorn which the archetype of capricorn is the stabilizing like the stabilizer And one of the powers of Capricorn is to go the long run, to be patient, to be methodical, to be systematic in the way that you create so that you can have impact and success over the long haul. Um, but the idea there is just very simply, how can I embody the qualities of this sign, whatever the sign is that traverses whatever the house is that I'm looking at, whether it's the money house or the business house is very, very interesting stuff.
2: It surely sounds it. I mean, like I said, I, I've not really heard of this before mixing the two together, but as you say, it makes total sense because you know I know a lot of people, including myself who use their natal chart for love, for career, like you know what should I be doing as my purpose or how do you know what sort of soulmate do I want to attract or where's my you know where's the love in my chart but we don't talk about the finances and it just makes total sense of why aren't we looking at the full picture why aren't we looking at you know how our natal chart and astrology can impact every area but especially that abundance area as well so it makes total sense thank you so much for explaining that because I think we're all going to be going away and looking at our natal charts how <laughs> to see that 10th house for sure but on some more tips side of things then, Natalia. So what are your top tips for up-leveling our money mindsets?
1: Well, first and foremost, something that is really important is to understand where you are emotionally blocked financially. As I mentioned a little bit with my story, having fear of money, fear being a root emotion There was not much i could do to make improvements because i wasn't willing to face that fear it was kind of just i went into avoidance and a lot of us do that with money and it's understandable we all have unique paths and unique experiences with the financial realm and even with our own upbringings and how money was talked about and communicated with us, whether around us culturally or in our own families. So it's so important first to meet yourself with grace and understand that if you're willing to take a look at the thing in your financial life that feels like the most stressful or the most fearful, and you're willing just to be with it that unlocks a whole lot of power. Because when it comes to upleveling our financial mindset and having, which I would assume most of us, we want the experience of abundance. We want the experience of living in freedom, not living in scarcity and fear. So first and foremost, be willing to feel your emotions, be willing to look at the first place that you feel blocked and be good to yourself. That's how I teach all my money stuff. It's it's very gracious and gentle because I know that for me growing up with a Scorpio CFO dad who was like, how don't you get this? Why don't you get this? And I, he didn't mean, I know he didn't mean to be hard on me about it, but it's like, that's how a lot of, let's just say that world kind of communicates with people who don't get it. And the truth is, is once you get it, my loves, it's actually not that complicated. There's a, I remember in my high school math class, there was a poster on the wall and it said, the problem once solved will be simple because once you solve the problem, it's actually very easy. I used to look at investing as this looming Rubik's cube, like the top of Mount Everest, like how am I ever going to do that? And now it's very simple and I'm still always learning. So I'd say the second tool that I would suggest in terms of up-leveling your money mindset is to very, very simply get organized financially. So where can you not only look at and heal emotionally, but where can you get organized with your finances? The first thing that I suggest is money track open up a Google sheet, take a look. Where am I at with my personal expenses? Where am I at with my income? If you have a business, how much is my business requiring each month? If you want to have a business, especially you got to make sure that you're financially organized. It's really important. So very simply second tool, and you're going to feel like freaking spiritual queen badass of the century when you do this, because for many of us, we avoid money and we avoid the topic of whether it be pulling up our bank account or seeing how much we're spending in a month, but the truth will set you free. And if you want to make a big up level, you've got to take care of what you have. So money tracking is the second piece. And then I would say a third tool that has been just really prolific for me, I'll take it like a little bit more energetic this time, is going to be visualization. So I'm very big and I'm a manifesting generator. So of course, everybody has their own unique ways of manifesting and working with their own energy system. But for me, visualization is a big tool. So if you are in a place with money, whether you have a lot of it or you don't feel like you have enough of it, One of my invitations to you would be to focus on where you want to be financially and how you want to feel when it comes to money. So if you want to feel free, if you want to feel in overflow, this is going to sound, you know, maybe a little bit like, wait, How do I do that if I don't have the money I want, Natalia? Like, I don't know, but I would suggest just practicing this. Get into that emotional state, regardless of the current financial outcome that you're living in. Now. Don't forget step one and two or tool one and two for up-leveling your mindset. It's not about avoidance. It's about witnessing what's there. But this third um, suggestion that I have for you, this is about activating your energy so you're willing to do the things and have the perfect faith in yourself that you can transform your financial life because coming from someone who used to barely be able to keep To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. $50 in her bank account to someone who now has a low six-figure net worth. And I'm not talking about my business revenue. I'm not talking about my personal income. I'm talking about assets and net worth. It it's, could be looked at as a miracle, but it's not. It's just meeting yourself with grace doing the emotional healing, getting organized, and then dropping into how would I like to feel with my finances? What would I like my life to look like? And practice moving into that visualization and into those emotions on a daily basis. Because as I'm sure has been talked about on your show, Emma, and with manifestation, we can't wait for the physical thing to feel Mm -hmm. the feeling. We actually activate the power of you know, our, our creative and manifesting potential when we're willing to feel into what it is that we want before it's there. And I can't tell you how many times in my life that that has just been a profound experience. The last little thing I just want to add in really quickly, that's also been powerful. So maybe we can do four really quickly, but But um, working with forgiveness, um, there is a Hawaiian prayer, Ho'oponopono, uh, popularized by a very famous, very unique uh, Hawaiian psychologist. Very simply, Can you forgive yourself and forgive money and forgive anyone in your life and allow unconditional love? And the reason I bring this forward, and it just kind of dropped in as I was speaking, because I have seen more financial miracles working with the energy of forgiveness Mm. than I have anything else. Um, for myself, for my clients, for my students. And one of my very dear friends, um, Leo Max, he's one of my healers. He spoke about that in a training that he did for my money membership. And I went ahead and practiced it and it helped me solve a financial problem that I had been really figuring out how to get around in like less than a week because we cannot create solutions or up levels when we're in a place of fear anger or resentment so i hope that those are helpful and those are definitely some keys that have been really big for me
2: they were phenomenal natalia thank you so so glad. glad babe You've been so generous with them. And I know that so many people listening have got so many tangible, practical things that they can go away and and implement. And I'm such a big believer of all those four tips and tools as well. And I'm an avid tracker in my business, in my personal life. And, you know, I've had clients over the years, especially business clients who are like, yeah, I've got no idea what revenue I have in my business. I'm like, well, for the law of attraction to work, we have to be able to express gratitude. But how can we be appreciative or express gratitude if we don't know what the real reality is. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, especially with money manifesting, that's why I always get everyone to do abundance logs as well. Is it, you know, you say like, oh, I want to manifest a thousand pounds, a thousand dollars. And people say at the end of the month, oh, it didn't happen. But actually, when you track those money manifestations down, when you're tracking everything that's coming to you, your mind's blown because 100%. we all know how many times we all know how many times you know we manifest something and we're like oh great oh next thing and you forget about it don't you whereas when you're tracking things you're seeing the physical evidence the physical proof um, and it all tallies up so I think tracking your abundance tracking your income tracking your expenditure 100% gives you that awareness because again having no awareness of your financial picture is not going to manifest more money for sure like having that acceptance and that peace that forgiveness like you talk about is so so key for locking and shifting so much. So um, for anybody listening, please go do those four tips and <laughs> you will not regret them. <laughs> so a question that I get asked a lot, Natalia, actually, is people manifesting big financial goals. So for instance, some people may not have a big life changing million pound goal, but some people do. And a lot of the time people will be working towards those big, big financial goals, no matter what figure it is, it feels big to us. So what are your top tips and tools for someone who is maybe struggling to manifest that big financial goal?
1: Oh my goodness. I mean what I would say is patience. Like a hundred percent quantum leaps Big things can happen, but typically they happen because we've implemented an idea, or we've trusted this. Is at least how it's gone for me. When I trust something that drops in and I do something about it, has been some of my most pretty phenomenal, like I'd say, "quote unquote" manifestations. But another piece is to remember and this is something that I work with in my own life and in my own in my own business really just the idea that patience is important. Like I really believe in divine timing. I really believe that we call in and we allow what we feel ready to handle. I know for myself, I'll just speak from my own experience. There have definitely been times where I've been like, I want to manifest this. I mean, I have a joke uh, my community knows, but where when I was in my 20s, Every single day, I would be like, "Universe," at eleven eleven, I'd be like, "Universe, drop three million dollars into my bank account." Like, I'm ready, and the universe is like, "Uh, no, girl, we're not dropping through." <laughs> like, it's it's a no. You're not ready to handle it. And so, what I've learned over time is that our manifestations they truly drop in when we're ready. And money is there's money to me is very interesting. It is an energetic current and it abides by Newtonian physics. It is a material. It's something that has obviously been made up. It's a human construct, but it also represents energy, currency, energetic current. So we work with both sides, and that's why I teach both sides of money what I like to call the emotional energetic, the part that helps us feel ready, emotionally ready, nervous system ready to hold more energy. And then the other side of it, tactically ready. So what am I doing in my business or my work to call in and allow? Um, And it obviously doesn't need to be just through your business. I've had moments where I'm like, God, universe, I'm ready for this. Help me manifest this. Help me call this in. And it will come in the most interesting way like i'll be like i never would have thought cuz what a lot of us do is we stare at one door mm-hmm. and we think that money only comes through that door but it doesn't there's so many ways that money can come to us so um i would say patience is a big one but also working with yourself energetically of what do I feel safe to hold and handle and be honest with yourself and then do the work to whether it's breath work, whether, um, EMDR, EFT, whatever helps you and your nervous system feel more available to con, to be a conduit for higher levels of energy. Cause to me, that's what wealth is. It's just higher levels of energy. It's also higher levels of responsibility all of which you need energy for. There's a, I don't know if you guys have like a lottery in the UK, but there's, you know, stories here. And of course this isn't every person that wins the lottery. This is actually spoken about in an amazing book. I'm not, I'm not remembering the author's name right now, but it's called the psychology of money. And the idea that many lottery winners in the United States, they will be back to where they started within three years, no matter the amount that they won. Because very simply, they had not, let's say, prepared to handle that level of money, whether it's energetically just by feeling safe to be in that much overflow and or tactically, like how do you actually manage that level of money? And most people who create like, they're actual millionaires or they just have like a high level of income. Very simply, when you're in the process of creating that, you know how to handle it because you've built yourself and you've built your life to handle it. So I hope that answers. I hope my question, my answers aren't too boring. I, sometimes I feel like my dad, cause they, he'd always be like, yeah, well, you got to do this. You got to do this, but it's a little bit of the magic and it's a little bit of the work. And it's really both to me that, that bring our big manifestations into our lives.
2: 100% and it's about that embodiment isn't it like it's yes. not just the spiritual stuff it's the practical it's the grounded side of stuff which brings it into that embodiment so it's so so important that like you say we do a little bit of both 100% so what are some of your non-negotiables when it comes to money Natalia? Oh
1: my goodness well I'll tell you my recent ones that have just been game changers so first and foremost I do not spend on my credit card unless I have the money to immediately pay it back. I, as an Aries, um, a spending pair, I'm, I actually teach something in, in my money membership called the saver-spender paradigm. And you probably know, like, you don't need to do too much research about this with yourself. You probably know if you're more adept to being a spender or a saver. Maybe you're a mix of both. Most people I find are, typically one or the other, but for me, I've been a spender. So the ways that I would get into trouble with that is just with my credit card. It wasn't tracking properly. I didn't know my numbers. And so my credit cards would go banana-rama. So at this point, utilizing my credit card like a debit card. So the moment, and now I've gotten it in my nervous system to where if I spend money on my credit card and I don't immediately pay it back or track it and pay it back, I feel yucky. I can feel it in my body right now just thinking about it. Whereas my old rules, my old non-negotiable was like, who cares? Like YOLO, like I'm going to spend whatever I want on my credit card and then I'll figure out how to pay it back. So first non-negotiable, treat my credit card like a debit card. And man, the amount of confidence and groundedness that that's created my created in my life has been really big. Um, I'd say another non-negotiable for me is a weekly money date. I track all my money. Now, here's the thing. I also go by what Rameet Sethi says. You've got to live your life beyond the spreadsheet. I feel like I used to be so wild that it was like spreadsheets where, like I wasn't doing any of that. And then for a while I got so stringent with myself because I was so afraid of being in that kind of old wild spender paradigm. But now I feel like I found a really nice, uh, middle-of-the-road approach where every week I have a date. I love money. I appreciate money and I respect it just like a friend. Just like I don't call my friends only when I need something, I check in on them. I contribute to their lives on a regular basis. And so I do the same with money. Money likes attention. It doesn't like to be ignored. It wants us to understand it just like any relationship in our life. So a non-negotiable for me is I have my weekly tracking. I track every single additional expense, whether by personal, or in my business. And it's fun. And I love it. Like I sound like such a geek, but it's just, it's such a gift. Um, But those I'd say are my two big non-negotiables at this moment
2: and I love them they're so so great non-negotiables to live by Um, and again it's like a relationship with money isn't it you know you wouldn't just expect to meet somebody and fall in love and have this amazing relationship or even like a friendship you wouldn't expect to be best of friends straight away you know you've got to love and nurture Mm and spend that quality time together so I think having that with our finances as well is so so important for so many reasons as you've highlighted so I love that you've mentioned that Mm -hmm. so what are some of your favourite moments manifestation practices, Natalia?
1: Oh my gosh. I love this question. Um, Let's see. So first I like to do movement and embodiment. So if I ever feel like in a stuck place with a belief or a stuck place with like I can't do this, which is something that comes up for me often. Like it's the thing I want to add really quickly is that none of this is about being perfect. Like it has taken me actually a very, very long time to figure this stuff out. And something for me when I get stuck is can I move my body? Whether I go to the gym or I put on a song or I and I dance like like a crazy person and I just have fun with myself and I get out of that kind of stuck thinking or that looping thought, um, that helps me cause it helps me be more energetically receptive. There's one thing I've learned about financial manifestation over the years. It does not meet me when I'm in fear. It does not meet me when I'm in lack and need. And it's not to say that we bypass or avoid those states. Of course, if they're there, there's something that wants our attention. And that's why I always teach the tactical side of money first, because it's like you mentioned, Emma, it's, it's easier to manifest when we know what's going on and activate, you know, those laws of the universe. Because to me, the laws of the universe, they really, um, activate when we're self accountable and self aware. We can't bypass stuff. And it's, it's really kind of prolific in that way. But movement and kind of getting out of my head or doing something fun, like being social. I can, I'm a very hard worker and I can just work all the time. But for me, my most magnetic self is when I am in joy. And of course I love work and I find joy with it, but I've also found that spending time doing the things that I love that have nothing to do with making money or my business are the ways that I activate My magnetism and sometimes there are things that are completely free, like being in nature or going for a walk with a friend on the beach. So I'd say another manifestation practice that I really love. One that I mentioned already is definitely uh, visualization and visualization gratitude and EFT is like a triple threat combo that I love because again, that nervous system work and being in a receptive, calm state. I believe it's the parasympathetic nervous system. I always get them confused. I think parasympathetic is, I always forget. I literally have told myself 10 times, I'm like, remember (laughs) which one is the calm version of your nervous system. So whatever one is the calm version of your nervous system is what I'm talking about. But very, very simply, uh, EFT to calm the nervous system to activate my abundance. I do very specific money tappings. Um visualization. And the one, actually the piece that I didn't mention is nightly hypnosis. So I have a, an app that I just started listening to. I freaking love it. It's called hypno cloud. Um, I'm sure you guys have access. I'm assuming it's a worldwide app, but it is magnificent and, I think that hypnosis when it comes to manifestation is an absolute non-negotiable because we will not allow into our lives anything that we do not have a subconscious identity around. So if we say we want $100,000 to make $100,000 in our business or to manifest or to create a certain amount in our business or our lives but we have an internal identity, a subconscious identity around lack, fear, or lack of confidence with money, it's like a square peg round hole. It just won't work. So the subconscious work is so helpful and it's definitely an area that I have transformed my life through over the years. But if you're consistent with it, it doesn't have to take a long time. And you can listen to hypnosis before you go to bed or first thing in the morning when you're waking
2: up so sure I love that and I found that sub- subliminals especially money subliminals yes, have really help as well and I they're so that. simple as well you can just pop them on listen to them like that's the effortless side of subconscious and money manifestation oh which is such for.
1: a good point, babe. We're here because just to be in re- receptivity is so big, but we have to be in subconscious receptivity. otherwise we will we will sabotage and that's that's absolutely not to be in fear because these are all things we can transform.
2: hundred mm, percent I love that. So my last question to you today, then Natalie, is what is one piece of life advice that you'd like to leave my lovely listeners with?
1: Oh my goodness, my loves. I would just say, be gracious with yourself in the process and the journey of creating the life that you want. Um, I have a Capricorn ascendant in my astrology. Saturn ruled patience and structure and discipline are like cornerstones of my life that I used to be like, Oh, why? Like, I don't want to be patient. I don't want to be disciplined. Like I don't want to have structure. But to me, these things are their own gift. And If there's one thing that I've learned, it's that when I ache for something, when I yearn for it, it's only a matter of time before it's in my life, but I have to show up for the process to create it and allow it. So be good to yourself. Be gracious. Let take off the perfectionist cap because it really doesn't do you any good. Um, be willing to be in the messy middle with whatever it is that you're creating in your life, no matter your age, no matter the season of life that you're in and just be good to yourself, be good to yourself. So thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. What an honor.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Natalia. I love those tips. So, so good. And everything you've shared has been so amazing. And I know everyone's going to be having like tons of notes to go in action (laughs) after this. So please let us know what your biggest takeaway has been as well from Natalia's episode. We would love, love to hear. But Natalia, where can my lovely listeners find you if they want to learn more about your work?
1: Absolutely. So I'm very, very active on Instagram at Natalia underscore Benson. And my link tree is typically always updated with ways to work with me. And then of course, nataliabenson.com is my website. Thank you so much, babe. And actually a a little invitation for your listeners. I have a free five day money mastery training for spiritual solopreneurs. So that can be found in the link tree of my Instagram profile.
2: Amazing, and we will put a handy clickable link to Natalia's work in the description below, so you can go and find it really, really easily. But thank you so much, Natalia, for today. I feel like I've learned tons from this conversation. Oh, so everybody's so probably learned tons as well. And just thank you so much for sharing all your wonderful pearls of wisdom with us. Thank you, my love. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my episodes today. I really hope you enjoyed Natalia and I's conversation. So thank you so much, Gorgeous Souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because we'd love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can find myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week, whatever you are up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love.